0: Let us be attentive. O Lord, save your people and bless your inheritance. To you, O Lord, have I cried, O my God. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Let us be attentive.
1: Brethren, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to edify him. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those, of, the reproaches of those who reproached thee fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Welcome one another therefore, as Christ has welcomed you for the glory
1: of God. Peace be with you, the reader.
0: Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy
1: Gospel. Peace be with you all.
0: The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. As Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly charged them. See that no one knows it. But they went away and spread his fame through all all that district. As they were going away, behold, a dumb demoniac was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the dumb man spoke. And the crowds marveled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisee said, He cast out demons by the prince of demons. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, in healing every disease and every infirmity among the people.
1: Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Once reflecting on on the holy and sacred writings of the Bible, uh, St. Simeon, the new theologian, a beautiful saint of the 11th century, once said this. He says, for, For the soul who has chosen to meditate day and night on the law of God, Nothing can be more beneficial than to search the Holy Scriptures. If we notice the saint's words, he says to search the Scriptures, not just gloss over them. To study the holy writings is what he means. Not just to haphazardly hear them, kind of one, in one ear and out the other. Now, when saying this, St. Simeon was speaking, of course, of both the Old and the New Testament, the Bible as we know it today. Truly, the reading and study of the Holy Scriptures is indispensable for us Christians. In them are to be found many and different teachings, which are all, as the fathers described them, pearls, diamonds, treasures joy, gladness, even eternal life. For as in paradise, God walks in the Holy Scriptures, seeking and speaking to us. But it could be that many of us are unfamiliar with most of the content, with their richness, with their beauty, and that we remain even almost totally ignorant of their substance. Attesting to the dangers of unfamiliarity with the Bible, in one of the sayings of the Desert Fathers from the fourth century, we find the following statement Ignorance of the Scriptures is a precipice and a deep abyss. St. Jerome, early commentator on the Bible, even said, Ignorance of the Scriptures is ignorance. Of Christ. Now, many of us here most likely have a cursory knowledge of the New Testament and a somewhat decent handle on its general content. But what about the Old Testament? Do we ignore it as though it were unnecessary because it could be difficult or boring at times? As the heretic of old Marcion did. This Marcion tried to convince the early church in the very early centuries to actually do away with the Old Testament writings. The very writings which St. Paul said were, quote, "...inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness." Unquote. And as we heard this morning from Romans... St. Paul said again, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Marcion was condemned because he believed the Old Testament to be superfluous and totally useless. And like some people today, he didn't quite know what to make of the Old Testament. He couldn't understand it. But maybe he never saw what St. Paul said that Christ is the end of the law. Or in Galatians, where he said, Before faith came, we were kept under the law, under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. The Old Testament, as it were, guarded the human race against sin and prepared humanity for the coming of faith, for the coming of Christ. He is the end, that is, the goal, the purpose of the law, the prophets, the writings of the old covenant. The whole point of God giving the law and sending the prophets was for this very and ultimate reason. This is why in the feast of the transfiguration Moses and Elijah appeared with Christ on Mount Tabor at his transfiguration to show that Christ was the whole reason for the law and the prophets. And why after conversing with them for a little while They disappeared, and only Christ remained atop the mount. And the Heavenly Father spoke from above to Jesus, saying, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. The Lord Jesus himself said to the scribes in the Gospel of John, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they, which bear witness of me. St. Augustine said to always read the Old Testament scriptures through the eyes of Christ, through the lens of Jesus. For in this manner will they become illumined with heavenly and understandable light. This is why St. Paul again is able to say to St. Timothy... From a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. In Christ, the Old Testament makes sense and finds its meaning. As the Lord said, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And how many times do we hear this particular phrase in the New Testament in order that the Scriptures might be fulfilled? Even in our creed, which we recite, we say, rising on the third day according to the Scriptures. That is, in accordance with what the Old Testament Scriptures have said and prophesied about the Christ. And it is the Holy Spirit who spoke through the prophets. Not only does the Old Testament only make sense in the light of the New, but the reverse is also true. How many figures of the Old Testament are mentioned in the writings of the New Testament? Countless. How many Old Testament passages are quoted and prophesied, fulfilled in the New? Hundreds, many, many. One cannot have one testament without the other. St. John Chrysostom said it this way, These two are bound up and interwoven one with another. It is necessary to bear in mind that the Old Testament is the shadow of good things to come. If the reader forgets this, he may not receive the edification that he should as Apostle Paul warns in 2 Corinthians. Concerning the Jews of his day, he writes that even unto this very day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Because with them a veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, he says. That is to say, they are not spiritually enlightened unto faith in Christ, who removes that veil. But if one turns to the Lord, who is the Spirit, the veil is taken away, and the key to the Old Testament is given so as to unlock it. So we must also read these books from a Christian point of view, under the guidance of the Church and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, constantly remembering the Lord's words. These are they which bear witness of me. In them are contained the preparation for the coming of Christ, as I said. Promises, prophecies, and types or prefigurements of Christ. The Old Testament, as St. Paul told us, is a tutor, an instructor, bringing us to Christ, pointing the way to him. He who is the end, the goal, the ultimate purpose of the law. The apostles and the Holy Fathers of our church always saw the Old Testament and the New as the type and the fulfillment, as the shadow and the truth. In the patristic writings and the hymns of the church services, the Old and the New Testaments are constantly being contrasted And in this contrast, showing the ultimate meaning. Adam and Christ, Eve and the Theotokos, there the earthly paradise, but here the heavenly paradise of the church. Through the woman came sin, but through the virgin came salvation. The eating of the fruit was unto death, the partaking of the Holy Eucharist unto eternal life. There the forbidden tree, but here the saving tree of the cross. The whole saving dispensation of the gospel was given in types and images in the Old Testament, foreshadowed long ago, and this mystery has been revealed to the church and to her saints. For this reason, St. Irenaeus in the second century is adamant that there is one and only one author of both the Old and New Testaments. From Genesis to Revelation, all has been written under the guidance, under the operation of the Holy Spirit. And Christ, the eternal Word of God, is present in the Scriptures from beginning to end. In the Gospel of Luke, there's a beautiful thing about on the road to Emmaus, that the apostles Luke and Cleopas are walking on the way and they're conversing with the risen Lord, but they don't recognize him at first. But when he starts to speak with them, it says that he opens the scriptures unto them. That, of course, is the Old Testament writings. And they said, after this experience, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the way, while he opened unto us the scriptures? And then he sat and he broke bread with them, partaking of the Holy Eucharist. And in the Eucharist, that is the word, not just spoken anymore, but incarnate, was partaken of, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized Christ. Brothers and sisters, when the Lord speaks with us through his word, through his sacred scriptures, both old and new, Our hearts also should burn within us, as they did in the hearts of Luke and Cleopas. And we should yearn not only to hear the Word, study the Word, but also to swallow it, to chew upon it, to digest it, to partake of it in the most intimate way, to partake of the incarnate Word, Christ Himself, who took flesh for us in Holy Communion, and come to full knowledge. Of Him. So just as Christ was made known to those apostles in the breaking of the bread, after opening to up the scriptures, so to us in every divine liturgy, first the scriptures are proclaimed, the epistle, the gospel. And then the gospel is moved away from its place on the table to make way for the bread and the wine, because the word becomes enfleshed and we partake of it. Let us come to know him as our Lord and our God in the partaking of his most precious body and blood. To him be the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please rise.